Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. Pain is never fun. Nerve related compression can be annoying and frustrating. What causes it? What can be done to treat it? We find out next on Health Suites with Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome into Health Suites with Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero. Joining me on the phone today is Dr. Jackson Tiang, consultant, Department of Orthopedic Surgery, Sengkang General Hospital. Doctor, thank you for joining us to explain nerve-related compression. Hi, good afternoon, Clarissa. Thanks for having me here. All right, now let's jump right into it. What is nerve-related compression? <laughs> I, I hear the nervous laughter. It is uh, true that uh, the nerves can be quite difficult to understand. Perhaps it's best to start with an analogy of what a nerve is. In our bodies, nerves are analogous to wires that you see in your machines and in your cars. So what they do is they transmit information very quickly from your brain to your extremities and then in the opposite direction as well. So when you feel someone touching your fingers or when you get injured in your hands, such as by something sharp or hot, that's because a nerve sends a signal back to your brain along its path. And when you move your hands and parts of your body, that's because your brain tells your muscles to move in a certain way. So as you can see, nerves are very important in this very quick signaling in our bodies. So a pinched nerve that we probably have all experienced is like when you have fat on a long train journey and maybe a leg goes to sleep and you try to stand up, you find that suddenly you can't feel your leg and when you try to walk on it, you fall over because you cannot control it. So the uh, nerve compression or entrapment in the upper limb is very similar. So, for example, what you were talking about when you sit down for a long time and you get up and you can't because you can't feel yourself, then you get these pins and needles kinds of pokey, pain type feelings that's also what we're talking about nerves is that correct yes that's correct so that happens because the pressure on the nerve makes it go to sleep you it stops working stops sending signals and sometimes as it's waking up you get abnormal signals coming back and that's that irritated pins and nerves that you get right which is usually followed by ow 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 yes but that usually goes away, so most people don't really pay that much attention to it. Yes, and those are the acute and short, short cases that happen. The more worrisome ones will be the ones that come on slowly that we don't notice, and therefore we don't do anything to release. And those can progress on to become permanent or even worse. Okay, so we're talking about nerve-related compression in the upper limb and, say, the elbow, so in the upper part of our bodies. What would cause that? I mean, is it a sports injury? Is it we're sleeping in the wrong position? Are we sitting too long? What, what causes that? Okay, so anatomically, you can imagine your nerves progressing from your spine down to your hand. It must pass through your shoulders, elbow, forearm, and your wrist. And along the way, it will encounter areas where it's tighter for the nerve to pass through, such as around your bony elbow, mm-hmm. or where it passes underneath muscles and underneath ligaments. And whenever it gets tighter, you may get a compression of the nerve. So I normally divide my patients into two different groups. You have got your weekend warriors, patients who may do a lot of sports in, on the weekends or may suddenly become very fit and have 
a lot more exercise, these patients grow their muscles in a very short span of time. And sometimes the increased muscle bulk actually causes compression on the nerves. Now, on the opposite spectrum, you have got your keyboard warriors. These are your patients who spend long hours at the keyboard and they may have their elbows bent and their wrists in a fixed position as they type for long hours. And this doesn't go away just because we don't use keyboards anymore. Sometimes patients may be holding a tablet or phone for long hours. Uh, it may be related to their work or their hobbies. And all that causes pressure on the nerve in the joints and over the muscles. And gradually, that causes nerve compression. All right. Now, most of us are keyboard warriors in one way, shape or form. Most of us have desk-bound jobs. So could it be happening or could we be actually suffering from this nerve-related compression and not even realize it? Yes, it's uh, definitely possible because in our busy schedules, sometimes we may ignore the more subtle um, symptoms. Very often, patients only realize that they have got decreased sensation in a few of their fingers when they specifically test for it. Huh. So it could be happening to me right now talking to you. Yes, so if, if you just rub your palm over all your fingers, sometimes patients may find that maybe only three of the fingers feel as well or only two of the fingers can really feel fully. And that may be the first sign of numbness in a patient with nerve compression. Of course, if this goes away, once uh, you move around a little bit, it could be simply just a very, very mild case, or it could be just that uh, you're sitting in an air-conditioned room and you're cold. Right, okay. So it's, it's kind of hard for us, the individual, to figure out, is this a nerve-related compression? Is it something I should see my doctor for? So let's talk about the risk factors first before we talk about when it's time to go see someone like you. Okay, so um, definitely if you uh, have more health conditions such as diabetes or gout and thyroid issues, you have a higher risk of nerve compression. The reason is because sometimes the circulation is poorer to the nerves. And in the case of gout, you may actually have nodules caused by the gout that are next to the nerve and actually cause the compression. Okay. In some Um, other cases, um, some patients may work with vibrational tools. So, for example, if you are a dentist or a carpenter and you're holding uh, something that vibrates the whole day, it can cause a lot of strain on your muscles and actually also contribute to nerve compression. By the same token, would that also then apply to those who drive for a living, taxi drivers, grab drivers, for example? Oh, yes, definitely. And a lot of times they can't stop what they're doing if the symptoms are very mild. Okay, so the symptoms could be very mild in a lot of us. When is it time to see a doctor? Okay, so you can manage, if you have noticed these symptoms and they come and go, what we call intermittent, you probably are safe to watch on your own for six to eight weeks and see if the symptoms get better as you try to stretch your limbs, as you try to change the way you're doing some of your activities. For example, using a tablet holder instead of holding it in your hand. Um, if your symptoms come from your hobbies such as cycling, you can try to adjust position of your seat and handlebars or you can try to pat the handlebars and wear pedal gloves, for example. If your symptoms go away or very much improve after these adjustments, then you can probably wait for a while. If the symptoms become more persistent, they are there 24-7, they do not go away after you have tried some of these therapies or if you start to notice that you have weakness 
and clumsiness in your hand. You may drop objects, for example, when you're washing the dishes, you may find that you can't hold your soapy um, bowls and glasses very well, you're dropping them. Then definitely you should try to make an appointment within two weeks to at least see your GP who can advise you further. Okay, so it, it's it's pain. Pain is definitely a very easy thing. We'll, we'll all pay attention, twinges and such. But we're also talking about numbness and we're talking about weakness. So so it might not just necessarily be a pain that we're feeling. Yes, that's correct. So if your numbness and your weakness is confined to one limb, or you can actually identify that it affects only a few fingers. And it is not the same kind of numbness as in with, when we talk about a stroke where one entire side of the body or face is numb. Mm. And uh, you find that this is associated with certain postures of your hand. For example, when you keep your elbow bent or if you are holding some instrument or tool for a long time, then you're more likely to have uh, nerve compression in the elbow and upper lip. All right, so how do you, once we come to you, how do you diagnose this pinched nerve? So besides the history that we get from you about how you have observed some of these symptoms, I would usually attempt to recreate some of the symptoms by feeling the your upper limb in the forearm, elbow, and hand. And if pressure over the nerve causes similar symptoms, then we know that uh, this confirms compression over the nerve, the nerve at this spot. We may order for further investigations, for example, x-rays and MRIs, if we need to image your anatomy. And sometimes we may order a nerve, com- nerve conduction test which is when electric current is used to test the speed of your nerves. And if we know that your nerve doesn't transmit signals that well, very often we can localize your compression. Okay, now I'm going to be a typical Singaporean here. What if I ignore it, because it's not that painful, you know, typical, we'll take a couple of Panadols, we'll forget about it, and we just don't come and see a doctor what happens? Does it get any worse? Is it bad for us? Are we actually giving ourselves permanent damage? Does it, you know, is that bad if we don't come and see a doctor? Yes, I certainly hope it doesn't happen to patients that often. But if um, the compression worsens and becomes more chronic than a few months, sometimes the poor circulation in the nerve actually causes it to become fibrosed. And this means there's more scar tissue that's deposited. And we all know that scars are forever. And that can cause the nerve function to become poorer. If surgery or treatment is undertaken at this point, sometimes there is still permanent numbness and permanent weakness. Okay, so the answer to the question is don't ignore it, go and see your doctor. Because it'll just get worse over time. Very right, Carissa. It's not miraculously going to go away by itself. That's right. Okay, can it be prevented? It uh, definitely can be prevented if we pay attention to our bodies, if we find that uh, there are some symptoms that are consistently coming back with certain activities, and if it falls into this pattern of um, conditions like nerve compression. In our everyday lives, I suggest that uh, we should not be in any single sedentary position for more than 30 minutes. It's good to exercise our joints through their full ranges of motion, that means um, extending your shoulders, elbows, and wrists to their maximum, and then just moving them and seeing if they move as you remember them. If there's any change, for example, you find it's stiffer, then it'd be good to try to reverse that early. And in our sports and our recreational pursuits, 
it's also good not to ramp up our intensity and durations too quickly. So very often we see um, cyclists who start going on the round island route for 170 kilometers and they're on the handlebars for five hours or six hours. And it puts a lot of pressure on the nerves. And they may dismiss it as no pain, no gain, which <laughs> actually may work against them. Which is all guys. Oh, oh, I wouldn't be too sexist about that. <laughs> oh, I had to slip that in there, Doc. But it's true. I mean, a lot of, especially when you get into a new sport like cycling and it's fun and you're doing it with other people, you forget to, you know, pace yourself and you kind of chiong with the rest of the guys, right? And and you're mm-hmm. saying that that may be a bad idea. Yes, definitely. It's, uh, it's better to ramp up your intensity gradually. Uh, a lot of times, the more experienced people may have good advice, but similarly, they may tell you to ignore it if it hasn't affected them that much. So if you feel concerned, then it is time to see a doctor. All right. Now, we've talked about trying to avoid it and prevent it. We're talking about getting treatment for it. Is it curable? Is it something that you can reverse and then it's like it never happened? Uh, Yes. If you come to us when it's early, generally an occupational therapist will teach you um, how to stretch your nerve such that it gets the circulation back into it, as well as how to modify your workplace or your hobbies so that your symptoms do not keep recurring. Sometimes they may give you a splint that protects your joint and just reminds you to avoid aggravating a nerve. If the symptoms, of course, have not improved on these early measures, or if there are um, signs of worsening, such as weakness, then I may have to bring you in for surgery. What we do is we decompress the nerve where it's tightest in order to relieve the compression and allow circulation to return to the nerve again. I see. Okay, so there is hope if we come and see a doctor. So definitely not one of those situations where I'll just pretend it's not happening, I'll I'll pop a few generic painkillers and we're good to go. It, this is something you want to treat early because you you can literally make it go away and you don't have to worry about it if you treat it. Yes, and since uh, this is Money FM, I think the listeners will be happy to know that if you seek the correct treatment early, it can actually be more economical than trying out self-help in terms of uh, YouTube videos or splints that you buy on Taobao, which do not actually treat your condition correctly. All right. That, that is actually very good advice. You know, come in, get treated early, get treated properly. It actually, in the end, will save you money. I like that. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. We've been speaking with Dr. Jackson Young, Consultant, Department of Orthopedic Surgery, SKH. Thank you for the information and the insights. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. This is Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.